Okay, <clears throat> so that's 20 minutes of meditation. I'm going to do a guided third step prayer now. So I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed. Keep your attention on your breath going in and out of your body. And just acknowledge that you are experiencing sound now, some listening, some hearing. And... Uh, Try to maintain the breath as you do this, practice this prayer. So the first line of the prayer is the word God. So I take a breath in and I breathe in the word God. And really that's me calling out to my higher power, to this thing, uh, to try to make some conscious contact with this higher power. So I breathe in the word God. And then I take a few breaths and I try to look within myself or to feel within myself, to feel that presence, to feel that connection, to feel that connection to this thing that I'm calling out to that I call God. then I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I talk to God about the this, this self that I'm offering to it. My mind, my hands, my feet, my tongue, my thoughts. breathe in the next line of the prayer to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt and I take a few breaths in and out and I think about what God might want to do with me today starting now what it might want to build with me And I breathe out the next line of the prayer. Relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths. And I think about what I'm asking to be relieved of. What is the bondage of self for me?
and I breathe in the next line of the prayer, that I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths. And again, I think about how having my story and my old ideas and the bondage to this thing I call self, how that might help me to better do God's will today. And I breathe out the next line of the prayer. Take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths. And I think about today, so far. What have been my difficulties? What needs to be taken away today so that I could be more present, more present. And I breathe in the next line of the prayer. That victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power thy love, and thy way of life. And I like to take a few breaths and think about the people I might come in contact with today. And how I might be an example of God's will and God's love and God's way of life and how that might affect them and the people that they come in contact with today. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. And I take a few breaths and I imagine myself going out into the world to do God's will in everything that I do today. Whenever you're ready, gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to start to see. Not that you aren't going to start to see if you open your eyes, but allow yourself to become conscious that seeing is happening. What I like to do is 
I like to identify what I'm seeing to my higher power. God, I'm seeing a thermos. I'm seeing a cup. I'm seeing a spray bottle. I'm seeing a door. I'm seeing a light switch. And I like to identify it as just a thing, not my thing. Not my light switch, not my thermos, not my car, not my phone, just a phone, a computer. So just take a few moments, look around your life and share what you're seeing with your higher power. So I'm Randy, I'm alcoholic. Um, I have alcoholism also, so I'm allergic to alcohol, that makes me alcoholic. And I have alcoholism, which is a disease that centers in my mind that really has nothing to do with alcohol, except that alcohol seems to be the best over-the-counter treatment I can get outside of 12 steps to treat the disease. Because alcohol worked so well for so long, I used it a lot. And evidently, I became allergic to it over the years. So, can't drink alcohol anymore to treat my disease. But my disease does not stop when I stop drinking. It actually gets louder. It gets more cunning, baffling, and powerful. Sober than it was drunk. Because the drunk turned it off momentarily. The buzz turned it off. The buzz made it, made it possible for me to live in the moment and forget about all my troubles and fears and be okay for a moment. And that moment got shorter and shorter and shorter and then it didn't work anymore. And so now I find myself in AA because I can't drink anymore because I'm allergic to alcohol, but I can't not drink because I have a disease that's killing me in my mind and making it impossible for me to live in the world without a treatment. And, and here I am. So, now I get to have a new character be built through the application of 12 steps as a way of life. And emotional sobriety doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen because I didn't drink today. It's not gonna happen because I came to a meeting unless the meeting reminds me of the fact that I am the wrong power to restore me to sanity and reminds me to start rightly relating myself to a power greater than myself so that I could possibly have the experience of coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I don't get restored to sanity by not drinking. I can never ever drink alcohol again because I'm allergic to it. But not drinking alcohol does not treat alcoholism, not one bit. I'm the same guy sober as I was drunk. I'm just not drunk 
but my mind is the same mind. And that same mind is the same mind with 33 years that it was with one year, maybe worse. That self-talking, unsatisfiable, fault-finding mind is still there. I got a text this morning at six o'clock in the morning from a brother and I did not like the text. I did not like it. He was asking me for money and I think he should pay for it. And my mind started talking to me and I could not turn that mind off. I just wanted to sleep till eight o'clock. I, I had the morning off, I could sleep till eight o'clock, but I could not turn off that mind and I had to get up. And I walked out to my tea machine and I made some tea and I sat down and I opened a spiritual book that I love to read every morning to remind me to have a relationship with my higher power. And I practice what the book is telling me to do and what it's telling me to not do. I could not read that book. The words on the page made me ill because my mind was in a place of attack mode. I know all the words. I know what to do. But when the disease is the power for my life, I am powerless. And the, so what had to happen first I can't read and pray and meditate until I first admit complete defeat. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I want to pray the feeling away. God, don't let me feel this way. I know I shouldn't feel this way. It's not enough money to even worry about in the grand scheme of my life where I happen to be right now. I don't need that money. Not one bit. But the idea of it energized the disease and the disease is on and it doesn't matter if it's 10 cents or $10 million, it hurts me. And I can't turn it off and I try to turn it off and I try to use prayer and meditation and spirituality to turn it off. But it doesn't work like that because the first thing that's necessary before the prayer and meditation is the spirit of complete defeat, step one. I have to know that I'm an alcoholic with alcoholism. Whether I pay that money or I don't pay that money, I'm not going to be okay. Because if I pay it, my mind's going to tell me, you're an idiot, he's taking advantage of you. And if I don't pay it, it's going to say, you're a selfish guy, why don't you just pay the money? And why don't you just pay it so your mind will shut up? That's what the disease says, just pay him the money. Don't worry about it, just pay him. But then I go to write the check and it says, you're an idiot. Why are you writing this check? The same mind. The same mind that tells me just pay him so you can be at peace about it is the same mind that's telling me I'm an idiot for paying him as I'm putting the check in the envelope. And so in the disease, I can't win. Even if I do what I think is the right thing, which is compliance. If I put that check in the mail in compliance... I'm still not surrendered. And if I don't put the check in, in defiance, I'm still not surrendered. So either way, even if I do the right thing, I'm still in pain about it. Because that's how the disease of alcoholism operates in my life in the day that I'm in. And so the first thing that had to happen was I had to start sharing my life with my higher power. Look at me, God. I'm up to my old tricks again. Money has set me off. I'm hating my brother right now. I love my brother. I have 
the most amazing brothers. But in that moment, I, everything he ever did to me in the past, even all of the resentments that I've written down on paper and that I've worked out and that I have forgiven him for, all of that was energized in that text like, it, like I'd never done any of the work and the disease was on. And so I had to stop and I had to say, look at me, God, I'm up to my old tricks. I'm full of resentment. I'm full of fear about money. I'm selfish and I'm self-centered in the extreme. I am. Could you help me? Could you be with me? Could you guide me and direct me? Could you help me to see the truth about this situation? And I have to remind myself that without that higher power, I am a complete defeat at being okay in this situation. I'm a complete defeat at being okay. I cannot restore myself to sanity by paying the bill or not paying the bill, by resenting him or not resenting him. I am not the authority that restores me to sanity. And so I rightly relate myself to my higher power through the spirit of complete defeat. I can't fix me. God, I'm going to need some help. Could you guide me? Could you protect me? Could you help me? And in the rightly relating myself to my higher power, that is where the peace comes. That is where the right answer is downloaded. And the situation has been handled. The whole thing took about 45 minutes of my life. It could have been 45 days. It could have destroyed my relationship with my brother for the rest of our lives. That's what my mind told me when it first started. This is the end of this relationship. I'm never, I'm never doing anything with this brother again. That's where it goes. How dare he? But there is a program of recovery here. There is a way out. And eventually it's sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God as I understood him. But there's, there's the fourth step in admitting that I have these resentments and my part in it and sharing it with God and with myself and when it's appropriate with another human being. I did not hurt my brother today. I did not send the email or the text and hurt my brother. I only did it in my mind. All of my troubles were of my own making, in my own mind. I don't need to apologize to him because I did not step on his toes. That's the beauty and that's maybe progress. I guess it's progress. The, the thing that's happening for me as I have more time and I've, as I have come to believe more that a power greater than myself does restore me to sanity, the thing that's happening is that I turn faster. I see self faster. As soon as I woke up and I realized, oh, I can't go back to sleep now, I knew there was something wrong with me. And I started turning. But it still took 45 minutes. 
till I could send a text that was kind and loving and was sent from my heart where I was doing what I felt intuitively guided to do by a higher power, not because I'm guilted into it by my brother or, or not doing it in defiance. One of the, one of the best uh, definitions of emotional sobriety is being able to say yes without getting a resentment and being able to say no without feeling guilty. And the program gives me a way of life where now I can turn. When I get settled again, when I get centered through admitting complete defeat, rightly relating myself to my higher power and then making the decision to do whatever I feel intuitively guided to do rather than what I want to do. And then doing that thing, then I can live and be at peace with whatever the decision was. And that is so... It's so awesome to have a real program, a real way out, and not have to suffer days or weeks or months or lifetimes with these resentments and these fears and these delusions, these lies that I tell myself. So I think that's enough out of me. I'm going to stop talking. I am recording the audio for this meeting. We're not recording any video. But if you do share, it's going to be recorded, and we are putting these recordings up on a, a Spotify site. So if you share, your voice will be shared. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing and doing that because I think a lot of people are, are really enjoying these tapes. So, Linda, you are first. And I'm an alcoholic. Um, Randy, thank you for leading us to meditation today and um, for your words of wisdom. Um, the only thing that keeps me trying to meditate is the fact that you'll, you'll always say, even if you are in it for a second, you're meditating. That's the only thing that's keeping me in it because that's about all I can do is <laughs> a second. And if this and I feel like my mind is insane. You know, for a while I was thinking I, I'm going to have three years next month. For a while I was thinking, oh, Linda, you're you're sane, you're serene, you're calm, but that really isn't the case. And the last I don't know four to six months, I have been feeling like the hamster running in, on the wheel in circles and not being able to stop or get off to do some of those things that I'm thinking of that are like shooting, like, um, shooting stars. And I mean, I'm getting these shooting stars during the day and at night. I mean, it's just, I see them everywhere and it's, uh, and it is, it's, it's making me feel insane. And I know I, I used to meditate when I was in my twenties and I was given my mantra and I thought that was the most special thing. That was my little secret thing. And I was able to meditate under strange conditions twice a day. Uh, until I found out, well, until I found out years, years later that my friend could guess my mantra. And then I realized that what that mantra was really saying to me um, 
and I don't know if I should say it or not. Um, well, it's, I was given a mantra, Ayin, and years later, it just dawned on me, I am. And um, I was like, oh my God. And, and I guess, I said, I guess half the, half the world has this mantra. So it wasn't that special to me anymore. So I try to use suggestions of other mantras, such as your, um, your counting. And my frustration is such that it's, it's like, I can't even like count straight from one to 10. I keep messing that up too. And then I'm like, do I go backward? Do I go forward? So my mind can really like go all over the place. But today I was, I was saying to myself, okay, what are you going to do to just focus on these numbers? And somehow I, I thought, okay, just imagine in your mind, you're drawing the number one and then just imagine you're drawing number two and three and so forth and move on because then I thought okay even if my mind is focusing on that it's only focusing on that one thing it's not focusing on all the shooting stars in my head and that really um, helped me for a little while Um, you know as with everything nothing good lasts forever but at least I had a starting point and it was like at least that was my one focus trying to focus on the numbers and uh, so then I was thinking, okay, my mind is insane, but I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out my mind and me. Like, I mean, we're all together here, and it's like then I thought, okay, me was coming up with the brilliant idea to just draw the numbers as I'm saying it, and trying to screw up my mind to think just like this. But my mind is me, and I, I'm tr- is my mind am I is my goal maybe okay so I have to ask this question and you know in the past uh, I don't know I would have thought this question was so stupid and I wouldn't have asked it but now my belief is that I should ask it because if I don't then I'm stupid um, so am I Am, am I, is my goal to make my mind part of me or are they supposed to be completely separate, me and my mind? And I, I mean, if my mind is a disease, I'm a disease too. So I'm, I'm trying to understand that a little better. Um, so if you can shed some light, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. Uh, wow, that's a very deep question. Uh, I know in the book it says uh, self manifested in various ways is what has defeated me. So that's kind of what you were talking about. Like there's the self and then there's the me and the me got defeated by the self and who's me and who's self. And I don't know. I don't know. This is what I do know. I do know that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity if I rightly relate myself, whatever that is, to it. So it's not so much of figuring out which of me and which of self is what's defeating me. It's not so much figuring, this is not a figuring out thing, it's a turning. What's important is that I'm turning and putting my attention on God, not on me. Because I'm not going to figure me out, and even if I do, I still have a disease. I still have it. 
And the power greater than me is the power that restores me to sanity. So, and, and ultimately I am, part of me is God. There's a part of God in me. That's the part I want to connect with. And, and the body and the material world, I don't really consider that me so much anymore. Me today, I want to be the man that God would have me be. So I want to connect more with God than I do with me. And I'm the wrong power for my life. And I'm looking for, through prayer and meditation, to improve my conscious contact with God, not with me. So I hope that's helpful in some way. It uh, was. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. Bonnie? Hi, I'm Bunny. I have alcoholism. Thank Hi, you, Bonnie. Randy, for your lead today. It made me laugh. And um, I was I, I got restored to sanity through the laughing and the relating because I was I've been under attack. <laughs> I've been under attack for I don't know, since since last night. And I just loved how you were sharing about how the disease, the self, the mind, whatever, whatever does the attacking part. It, um, it tells me both things. It tells me both sides of the coin. And I love how you explained it. Like, I'm not going to be okay either way. And that's an, that's an amazing thing to watch happen because this like, um, this like obsessive behavior this obsession that I had has kind of been removed in the last little while. And it's been something that I've had forever and ever and ever and ever. It's like this thought and this thing that I've had forever and ever and ever. Now that it's been removed, the disease is telling me I'm a loser that it's been removed. (laughs) Because it used to say you would have more peace. You would have more peace if this thing was gone. You would be happy, joyous, and free. And then it's been removed and now it's like, what are you going to do now? Like now all you do is this other thing. It's it was like, and I started laughing and like being like, Oh shit. Like it doesn't matter. Like that thing's removed. And now it's going through this list of like this litany. Like, Oh, oh well, all you do is watch TV. You, you have a TV addiction. I'm like, I do. I do. I think it's, I think I watch a normal amount of TV and like, there I am in insanity talking to myself, listening to self say like, well, that thing's gone, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this thing? What about that thing? I'm like, wow, you're an evil, you're an evil thing. It's, it's like an evil, it's an evil thing. It just, anyway, so, so the point is I, I laughed and cried a little and then, and then was under attack and trying to pray it away. Like you were saying, like, I'm like, I'm rightly relating. I'm rightly relating. I'm rightly relating. I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm turning. But like, not, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know if any of us really know how it works, but I, I take the action to turn to the power. And then I have to wait. I have to wait until I'm restored to sanity. I, I think is what happens. Um, and you know, then I heard I was directed to go to the meeting and then I heard you share and then I felt, you know, then I got some peace, like a few seconds of peace and laughed and I was like, oh, that's so funny. And 
and I'm glad I'm not alone and I don't know what's going to happen later or in five minutes or whatever, but I have, I have this thing and I have tools and I'm not perfect at it. And there's no, and I love all how you always share that. Like there's no staying there. There's no staying in peace. Like it's going to, it comes again and I, I can turn again and then I can have peace again. So, um, anyway, it's just, it was just so funny to hear you. Thanks. Thanks. Alana. Oh. Hi, everybody. Alana. I have alcoholism. Hi, Alana. Sorry, my phone is moving around. I dropped it. Um, haven't been here in a while. It's great to be here. Um, it was, it's great to always hear you, Randy, and uh, everybody else's shares have been really great. Um, you know, I've been down in Florida for a year because of COVID. I lived normally in New York or LA and uh, then I've just been commuting back and forth, but then had a lot of great meetings in Florida and there's a lot of retirees that got sober late in life and, you know, just the meetings are kind of like a lot of drunk logs. Not that I'm being judgmental, but so anyway, I came up to New York and I'm staying at my friend Dolly, who also posted this uh, meeting. And I went to my old original meeting where I got sober 12 years ago. And um, my my sponsor from New York and I fell out like a month ago because I ate gummies. Um, not the TAC ones, the, the other ones. And um, I injured, I was injured. Um, I injured my back and I was in a lot of pain and I've been in treatment for like about a year trying to get rid of this pinched disc. And um, so my chiropractor was like, oh, you know, you can take that. They relax your muscles. And so my sponsor was like, oh, absolutely not. Um, you have to start your day count over after 12 years. And uh, I don't really have time to run through this stuff. So you need to start the steps over again. So I copped a big resentment. My alcoholism went into full bloom. At least for a month, I was like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to AA anymore. I'm just, you know, people are horrible. And I had this huge, huge resentment. And then I started getting back on the beam and going to meetings, uh, whether they were good, bad, or indifferent. And, you know, got reconnected with my first sponsor that was Dolly and, and, um, and that kind of thing. And then I went to this meeting, which was my original meeting where I got sober this morning and she, my old sponsor was there. And then I caught like huge resentment. So, you know, I've been working on my, Probably about six years ago, I almost slipped, and then I started coming to emotional sobriety, and I started working on all these kind of things, and I had it. Oh, 
Lana, you have a bad connection all of a sudden. We can barely understand you. And now you're muted. Somebody muted you. Are you still there? Yeah, you're freezing. Okay. No, no, it's really bad. Sorry, we're gonna go to Colin. Can you? Oh, yep. Thank you, Randy. Um, I'm Colin. I'm an addict. I'm Hi, an Colin. Without the jealousy, without the envy, 
and without the feeling that I wanted to smash this guy up. It was only through direct communication with my high power and rightly relating myself and admitting that I was out of control in this situation that I was able to go through it and find some peace and some serenity in the occasion. And um, I think I finally understand the difference between surrender and compliance. And I love the way you vocalised it. And it really helped me to understand a little better what I went through yesterday. Mm. So thank you for that. Awesome. Appreciate it. Love you all. Love being here. I'll leave it there. Thanks, Colin. Sorry about your brother. That's tragic. Catherine. Hi, everyone. Yeah, my name's Catherine. I'm an alcoholic. We've got the most torrential rainstorm here, and I think it's sort of knocking out my, my internet. Everything's, you've all gone really quiet, but you can hear me, can't you? I've, yes. It's such heavy rain. I, I can't believe it. Talk about global warming. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I just want to say thank you, Randy, for leading the meditation and to everybody who's made this meeting possible. I am like a cat on a hot tin roof. I've, I've been like a cat on a hot tin roof for a, a while and I've sort of stayed away from this meeting a little bit because I, I can't meditate at the moment. I just can't. I, I often can and I, in lockdown I've been, I am somebody who's done a lot of meditation retreats, silent retreats online with the with somebody I follow and I've I've had real peace of mind and my mum died in January and I my peace of mind has just gone poof and I you know I I accept that she was 89 she was gonna die I'm not that you know she didn't die from COVID thank goodness but and I suppose what I've been left with is that this grief is coming out sideways it's affecting it's not I'm not breaking down in tears every day thinking I miss my mum I had a difficult relationship with her but the grief I feel like I can't make decisions about anything. I can't, I feel lonely. I feel, you know, I'm just, I'm just a bit all over the place. I've been going to masses of meetings and I have been trying to do a bit of meditation, just not doing it very well. And I made the, I had the great idea of distracting myself. And I literally thought that with other stuff and it sent me spiraling into other obsessions and bad behavior. And, definitely not kind behavior you know and I am mad at the moment you know and I I suppose I can sort of happily sit here smiling and say that and and hopefully people sort of get it and Randy you're nodding your head which is just great because I do feel completely bonkers and I've had this I had a real some light bulb moments this week you know I was obsessed first of all with a person and that's been with me for a couple of weeks and then I suddenly realized that that obsession had just spread sideways into a pair of shoes you know, a pair of shoes would have made me look nice for this person. And so it goes on. And it really helped me talking about your brother. That happens to me all the time at the moment. You know, just something will happen and I cannot get it out of my head. You know, it's okay. It's getting, it's easing a little bit. But mm. something happened that woke me up at six o'clock this morning. Well, in fact, it, it, it stopped me sleeping really all night, but it woke me up again at six o'clock at midnight last night I got an invitation on Facebook to join a celebration of somebody's life it was a cameraman I used to work with and he was the most I, I think people will really understand this in here he was full of life 
and energy and light and creativity and he was physically beautiful. He was 15 years younger than me. There was nothing romantic in it, but I really loved this guy. He was a great guy. He wasn't an alcoholic. He drank and I was still drinking when I worked with him and I was drinking alcoholically. Anyway, I realized he lived in Dubai and I, he has, has died. So that's why they were celebrating his life. And that's how I found out about it. And I was absolutely gutted not because I feel very close to him, but because the light had gone out from somebody who wasn't suffering with this illness, but was a, I knew he was a complicated person. And I suppose I was gutted and it made me so grateful for this fellowship because the light would have gone out of my life. If I had, I think drinking kept me alive when I drank because I would have committed suicide. And I was so upset this morning, and I think it's because as there's a lot of death around, obviously, isn't there? But I think it was because I just thought, I felt so strongly there, but for the grace of God go I. And it's really affected me all day, and I just can't get it out of my mind. And that's an obsession. I don't think that's an obsession that I'm sort of getting something out of, or that's. it's just my heart goes out to his family. He would only have been about 40, probably, something like that, and... I'm pretty sure he took his own life. It didn't say that, but somebody had written so sad that it all got too much for him, which leads me to think he probably killed himself. Mm. Yeah, so I'm I'm so grateful for this fellowship. Okay, I can't meditate at the moment, but I'm not face down in a swimming pool or hanging from a... Yeah, Colin, I mean, so... so it's so sad people like us and people not like us can't manage to live it's too painful for them and and that breaks my heart it just breaks my heart and um i'll shut up now but thank you for listening and and just thanks for all being here and day in day out even if i can't meditate you're all here and i can share that with you and randy it's absolutely magical to see you i i can't tell you i love it that when i show up on a saturday night and you're here i just love it it's it's the same message and it gives me real strength thank you thanks Catherine. <clears throat> and you did meditate you sat with us for 20 minutes without talking you meditated you did a beautiful fantastic amazing meditation for where you're at right now it was deep and fantastic and you're the only one that's judging it it's, it was a fantastic meditation, and you feel better now, so obviously it did something. It did everything it was supposed to do, and, and I, can't, I can't keep judging my life because it's not compared to anybody else's. My life is my life. It's mine. I had a guy who lived on my floor for about two months, his name was Larry. He used to be a primetime guy. Bob Anderson was his sponsor, if that means anything to anybody. But he lived on my floor, and he was a dog groomer. And I had a video production company at the time. And one of my rooms was editing, and the other room was mine. And this gentleman slept on my floor because he didn't have a place to stay for a while. But he had his dog grooming van, and he used to go groom dogs. And he would come back and tell me how much he loved his life and how happy he was and how the people were responding to him because he was carrying this message while he washed the dogs. And I thought, how dare you? That is so insulting that you come in my house 
and you sleep on my floor and you talk about loving your life. How can you be happier than me? You're on my floor, for God's sakes. It's my house. It's my, I have a business. But I hated my life. And he loved his. And the only difference was he loved his life. And I didn't. We, we both had lives. But I'm always comparing myself to others. And I always lose. Because like your friend who maybe killed himself, looked really good on the outside. But inside, maybe he was dying the whole time. And I'm like that. I look really good on the outside all the time. I'm smiling and nodding and pretending like I'm listening to you. And inside, I'm arguing and complaining and fault-finding and opinionated and unsatisfied if I'm not living this program. So you meditated. You, you did a perfect meditation. You have to stop judging your meditation. There, there is no place for judgment and meditation, it's just meditating. <laughs> That's just the disease telling you you're not good enough. And you are, you're, you're fantastic. You meditated, it was amazing. I'm glad you did it with us. I think my meditation was deeper because you were here and everybody was here. So Scott. Thank you so much, Randy. Scott, definitely an alcoholic. Hi, Scott. Hi. And this is a perfect segue of what you just shared as far as how good the meditation was. As you well know, I've been dealing with contractors. I think it's been three or four months. And darn, they start at 6.30 in the morning. So during the meditation, I fell asleep. So... <laughs> So just like Catherine just said, was that meditation? <laughs> but um, then I woke up and heard everyone shares. And Colin and Catherine, I want to share with you how important it is to mourn. And I'm so glad you are. Um, I lost my father. He was only 46 years old. And he drank, and he smoked, and he loved red meat. And I was only 19. I did not mourn his death for so many reasons. I was mad. I was young. I didn't mourn his death until the last year's Father's Day. I went for the first time to his gravesite. And I really think that me not mourning his death has affected my whole life to a negative aspect because I did not face the music. And I think once I have started to mourn, it allows me to move on. But my question is, I am so undisciplined with the program. I have been very bullheaded in moving through the steps, as you well know. Um, how do I get my button gear and do it? Thanks. Thanks, God. You don't have to worry about that. Oh, I'm muted. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, pain will motivate you. If you, 
if you don't do the program, you will get into some serious emotional pain. And then you'll stand at the turning point and you'll either turn to a higher power or you'll turn to self and get in more pain. And, and eventually you'll go for it. None of us do this. Uh, none of us skip into spiritual awakening. We're all dragged and bludgeoned into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank so, you. <laughs> enjoy the journey towards your surrender and your willingness. Spencer. Hey, hey Randy. Very nice to hear you tonight. Great. Been a long time uh, since I've been to this meeting and... Uh, got a message of recovery and uh, I realized, you know, that uh, I drank and took drugs every day and that uh, I needed to and I need to hear the message, a message. I need to connect up to a meeting and um, basically get that uh, ego out of the way, which tells me that, you know what, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm living my life. I don't need too many meetings. I don't even need a sponsor anymore because you know what, I'm cured. (laughs) But, um, and sure, my shoes aren't pinching too tightly. I've got a, a life, I've got a busy life, and, as you know. And, uh, but, you know, it's a very cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. This It slowly and assiduously kind of basically dilutes my, um, my sanity, you know, on a, on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, I can dismiss it, or I can actually uh, refresh that... Uh, conscious contact and basic connection, which is, I think, my problem, you know, and I was like, I heard it a long time ago, there's only one problem for an alcoholic, and that is um, basically a disconnection from, you know, disconnection from God, disconnection from a program of recovery, uh, disconnection basically from you, from other people, and eventually disconnection from myself, and there's only one solution, and that is continuous connection to a power greater than myself, a sponsor, a meeting, a message, and eventually to deep down inside of me that great reality, which I know resides within me and is um, basically made manifest in my intuition and my sixth sense and my quality of thought, my quality of being, my spirit. And it is a spiritual malaise, alcoholism. And I definitely need to uh, refill it, fill the tank up on a daily basis. And uh, it's quite it's quite amazing how it can... You know, I used to love driving on about a sixth of a pint in the tank. I love that feeling of adrenaline. Oh, am I going to make it before I run out? Oh, I'm not going to put it as a gas station. I drive past the gas station. What's that about? That's alcoholism. That's alcohol. Thinking I can beat life, but anyway, listen. The dog likes me. I like you. Love this meeting. Great to hear the message of, and it was a very articulated and specific message, which I forget about because you know what? My secondary disease is amnesia. It wasn't so bad, you know. Um, but anyway, I need to be reminded on a daily basis. So hopefully, uh, you'll see a bit more of me and. I'm glad to be here tonight. And thank you, Colin, and everybody else that shared because touch, moved, and inspired by, you know, we are a wonderful tribe of people and uh, the gift of uh, sobriety and uh, emotional uh, wellness resides here. 
So thank you. Good night. Thanks, Spencer. Uh, sorry, everybody. It's 12.30. If you didn't get to share, I'm sorry. Um, I appreciate you all so much. I appreciate you coming and meditating with me and praying with me and sharing your life with me. And uh, I'm just, I feel blessed beyond my, beyond words that we have this and that we do this every Saturday. It's such, you're such an awesome group of people that are going for it and, and experiencing it and able to share it. And it's fantastic. And I'm blessed to be part of this group. So that being said, we will, I will uh, un allow you all to unmute yourselves and we'll do a moment, quick moment of silent meditation and then we'll do the serenity prayer. God. The courage to change the things I can. 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 The courage to change the things I can.